Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California, where summer apparently has arrived. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood, and I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project here in New York City, and I'm coming to you guys today, like most days, from Harlem, and it's actually a wonderful day. It's about 67 or something. Mm. And I'm Seth Rodney. I'm a senior editor at the Hyperallergic Art Blog and author of The Personalization of the Museum Visit. And I am speaking to you from the South Bronx, where I am black on both sides, inside and outside. You, like, you had that set up. You, you were planning that one. Yeah, just kind of like, yeah. show off. This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, intellectual intimacy, which is giving ourselves the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and we're continuing our conversation about uh, aesthetics uh, nominally. Obviously, we're going to use that as a jumping off point for a number of other things. Uh, and today we thought we'd t- take a, a piece of the conversation we had last time and kind of break it out because it was a it was a uh, is a big to-do, um, and we're going to let Seth kind of gloss the situation for us. But essentially what we're talking about is the Dana Schutz painting of Emmett Till uh, that was uh, showcased at the Whitney Biennial in which year, Seth? 2018 uh, or 19? Or? 17? Was it seven, 17? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, that in the context of beauty and politics and all the rest of it. So, Seth, do you want to, or Stephen, I, I mean, obviously, either one of you want to kind of gloss what the dust up was about? Hey, I'm going with the art critic. Let the art critic do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we can start with. Um, Really, with Hannah Black's open letter, which she sent in, mm-hmm. I believe, to Art News on March 21st. March 21st is when they published it. Um, the opening picture, I should say, for that piece is an image taken between two women who are pointing their cameras at the Danish painting, which is titled Open Casket. And a man who's standing in front of that painting, holding a jacket in his uh, hands, uh, wearing a gray T-shirt, black man with Mm -hmm. locks, um, with his back to us, with the words Black Death Spectacle stenciled across his T-shirt, his back, Mm -hmm. the back of his T-shirt, standing in front of the painting. So this is a... This is a... This... It takes a moment to just sort of peel off all the layers here. The image is of a, essentially a, a continuing protest in front of Dana Schutz's open casket painting. This man, his name is Parker Bright, he's an artist, um, stood in front of the painting protesting the inclusion of it in the Whitney Biennial of 2017. So this is the image, right, before we get to Hannah Black's open letter. Hannah Black's open letter begins... To the curators and staff of the Whitney Biennial, colon, I am writing you, I'm writing to ask you to remove Dana Schutz's painting, Open Casket, and, and with the urgent recommendation that the painting be destroyed and not entered into any market or museum. As you know, the painting, this painting depicts the dead body of 14-year-old Emma Till in the open casket that his mother chose, saying, let the people see what I've seen, quote unquote. 
that even the disfigured corpse of a child was not sufficient to move the white gaze from its habitual cold calculation is evident daily and in a myriad of ways, not least the fact that this painting exists at all. In brief, the painting should not be acceptable to anyone who cares or pretends to care about black people because it is not acceptable for a white person to transmute transmute black suffering into profit and mm-hmm. fun, though the practice has been normalized for a long time. And she goes on from there. So it mm-hmm, takes a mm-hmm. while. So that's the opening salvo in mm-hmm. what turns out to be a rather pitch battle. Um, what I will be drawing on mostly to talk about in this podcast is Coco Fusco's response which is titled Censorship, Not the Painting Must Go, colon, on Dana Schutz's image of Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. An opinion piece that was published in Hypoallergic on March 27th of that year. She has a lot of really smart, insightful things to say about uh, Dana Schutz's... Uh, mm-hmm. how, how would I... How do I... How do I describe it? So I want to say, what, um, go ahead. To <laughs> jump, just to the question, just for full disclosure, did you edit the piece, or were, were you I connected did not. with the piece at all? I did okay, not. All right. I did not. Yeah. I don't remember what exactly was happening around that time. I remember that the way I got folded into rendering an opinion about this was I attended a big kind of confab at the Whitney. And a bunch of people were there, people from the Racial Imaginary Institute, the two curators of that Whitney Biennial, um, a bunch of artists and uh, people from other, from various arts organizations. Kind of, we kind of had this like meet, Sunday meeting, right? Um, mm-hmm. It took a few hours. And, and at the time, an editor I was working with at Hyperlogic, uh, Jillian Steinhauer was there. She's now moved on. Um, she and I were there and we also ran into, um, uh, an artist named, um, oh, now I'm blanking on her name. Um, it'll come to me in a moment. Uh, but we all three decided to write a response together. And so we kind of pinged off each other. We sent, we, I think Mm -hmm. Jillian started us off. We sent it round to me and to, I'm going to remember her name in just a moment. Um, and we co-wrote this thing. I think I was working on that when Coco was working with maybe maybe it was Harag on writing this. It's a very long okay. piece. It's almost like thirty five hundred words long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really thoroughly takes apart Hannah Black's. Um, I think rather ill informed arguments. Yes. I said hissy fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, on on some level, like it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, and 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 um, Coco Fusco really says it right when she says, uh, "Wait, let me find the passage." Yeah, um, in a uh, paragraph that begins, "Black as in Hannah Black makes claims that are not based in fact." She relies on problematic notions of cultural property and imputes mm-hmm. malicious intent in a totalizing manner to cultural producers and consumers on the basis of race. I mean, and this is, I think, the kind of fundamental flaw in her argument that, like, that this painting is supposedly about the white gaze or supposedly about the exploitation of black plane. And it's just, it's just, there's so many things wrong with that kind of assertion. Mm-hmm. 
um, that it really does take a 3,500 word piece to begin to unpack it all. Um, mm-hmm. and she also makes some, uh, uh, later on in the, in the, her letter, she also makes some assumptions about abstraction and some claims about how abstraction shouldn't be used to do this, that, or whatever. And then Coco dismantles that as well. So okay. it's a so lot. We, yeah, yeah. We should, let's, we, we don't want to get too far into, to Coco's argument, but I mean, I think that's a solid setup for, mm, mm. for what, what's at stake. Mm-hmm. And I am actually, I think just for, because unfortunately I think we might all like we, oftentimes we come to some kind of agreement or consensus or, mm-hmm. um, but I think like we might be in such agreement on this. I'm actually going to uh, play devil's advocate and not in a stupid way. Like I'm actually going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and I'm going to be inside of the position that I don't ultimately agree with. And um, just to, to try and push the conversation forward in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. What, what, and let me, let me pose this. What if, what if uh, Hannah Black, whose first name I always, again, I'm always forgetting, I called her Nancy Black in our text exchange. So mm-hmm. Hannah Black, mm-hmm. what if Hannah Black's point, if we understand it, that there, that we, we live in the, in the tatters of a racialized system that makes it impossible, regardless of the person's intentions, to produce a helpful work, for a white person to produce a helpful work about black suffering. What, what, if, what if the system itself is so tainted and so broken and so corrupted and so maligned that my, the best of my intentions uh, are just swallowed up by that system. And there's just nothing that I can do about it other than choose to not participate in it. Yeah, well, I think that that runs counter to what we've experienced historically. I mean, things like the women's suffrage movement, um, um, or the suffragette movement, um, workers' rights movement, and particularly the civil rights movement, shows that those kinds of intentions actually do move the needle. Like, it, it is precisely the fact that uh, uh, people in the Northeast, um, in colleges and universities, uh, 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 teachers, instructors, um, professors, students, came down south during mm-hmm. those sum- that those um, that in the summer, yeah. right? Freedom rise, right? Yeah. And put their lives at risk, right? It, to move the needle, to say that mm-hmm. that this kind of system as um, comprehensive as it is, it can be broken by individual action. Individuals working in concert, I should say, right? Like it's not really individual action. It's, it's, it's a con, it's a concerted, uh, 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 political and, uh, um, uh, uh, protest program. Like this can happen. You have to believe in that if we are going to live in a world that looks anything like um, uh, the kind of social, the vision of social justice that we share. Mm-hmm. Steven, do you want to jump in? Um, to your last point, Seth, and that kind of leads into yours, Travis, or Hannah's, um, I think you have to believe it, but I think that what I get out of Hannah Black's piece, or what I got out of it, and other than the rage and the frustration, and some bareness to it or whatever, because that she got a lot of her argument, she was conflating 
points and she was mm-hmm. missing things. Mm-hmm. And so you have a traditionally white institution and you have a white woman painting about black pain mm-hmm. who, when she responds to black artists, I'm a mother, I can relate to that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hannah, one, do your homework, Hannah. And two, <laughs> do your homework. And also, why are we looking to white institutions or these kinds of things to, or not even white institutions, let's just call them institutions, mm-hmm. to, to mediate the relationship we have with each other? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so I didn't want to do this. Um, I remember reading about it before and going, oh, this is just a mess of snakes. This is, I've got to put mm-hmm. these snakes over here and these snakes over here because mm-hmm. I understand what Hannah Black is getting at. It's just so, first of all, no, fuck no. I didn't read the Coco Fusco, but I'm going to read that now after mm-hmm. we're finished. No, we're not destroying paintings. People have a right to write about who they want to. People have a right to paint who they want to. Absolutely. It's the context that she's frustrated with. Mm. Right? Mm. And that doesn't come through to me in her piece. Mm. Um, and there was something else. I want, I understand what, like I said, I understand what Hannah Black is trying to get at. It's just that she's, her, her, her salvo is not, just not touching on the very things that this one woman did. Now, there's this woman by the name of Jean Scott. So I read a piece called The the Two Coats of Paint. It was that Two Coats of Paint. Oh, yeah. The Two Coats of Paint blog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are about seven comments. And this one woman named Jean Scott, who believe I believe is an artist as well, she said, and she was referring to um, Schultz's um, response. And she goes, I want to lead. She just breaks it down. Kind of in a way, I think that Coco did. You know, I'm assuming that this, this um, she was talking about what she mentioned, um, Schultz mentioned as being a mother. This leads to addressing the mother's part. Mm-hmm. Miss um, Schultz's statement claiming empathy with Mr. Till's mother sounds an awful lot like spin, especially because she contradicts herself. If anything is happening to your child is beyond comprehension, then their pain, Mrs. Till Mo- Mrs. Till Mobley's pain, my pain, any bereaved parent's pain, is the most emphatically not your pain, Mrs. Schultz. Hmm. And unless you engage with your critics more courageously than you have to date, appropriating Mr. Till's image will seem callow, insulting, and calculated for your personal gain. Hmm. At best, your claim of empathy with, Ms- with Mr. Till's mother sounds appallingly obtuse. Hmm. Mr. And that Mrs. Till and his memory deserve better. And she also mentions a couple briefly uh, things I'll mention briefly about um, black pain as cele- not celebration, but just as specters, you know, a specter. We love, you know, we live in the meme society right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also live in autopsy land, you know. Mm-hmm. We are, and so she mentions mm-hmm. autopsy, Michael Jackson, elevator, mm-hmm. Jay-Z and Solange and casket Emma Till. Black mm-hmm. pain, the, 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 the spectacle of it, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when people were telling me, you got to see this, you got to see this. I said, why the fuck would I want to see this? Mm. <laughs> I'm not doing any work around this. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. you know, it's not going to make me know that Michael Jackson's dead. It's not going to make me feel better to see Emmett Till, even though I did go see the casket when I was at the um, the um, the National Museum, because yeah. I want to be a witness. But but, you know, we're talking about very sensitive things here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you don't want to conflate those things. And that's what at the end of the day with Black's piece, I feel like. I know what you're going for, but but you just have too many things in a room that you're not able to sort out. And so mm. your rage wasn't thoughtful, calculated, engaging rage. It was mm. just something to kind of, in a, in a good way, I think, get us to talk about why 
these kinds of things miss the mark. Hmm. Uh, mm. The the you know the implied in that response that you had read is mm-hmm. that is that other black people get to own Emmett Till's mother's pain though. Right. Like implied in that is that they they get to own it. Right. Not because because well, Emmett Till Emmett Till's mother is not painting. You know, she's and and she's she's actually as from from my understanding, she was very much in favor of his story being used mm. and as a way mm-hmm. to try and to push for for greater social justice. And I just want to say quickly, Stephen, I know you have something you want to say, but um, mm-hmm. one of the things that Coco addresses in her piece is saying that is taking apart this idea that um, Emmett Till's mother made her son's dead body available to black emphasis people as an inspiration and warning. And she's quoting Hannah Black's letter when ah, she says that. Okay. And, and, and so, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, she goes on, Coco goes on from there to say, it's difficult to reason with the enraged, but I think it's necessary to analyze these arguments rather than giving them credence by recirculating them. The I didn't see that that statement that Gene um, Scott was saying. Is it Gene Scott? <laughs> um, yeah, Gene Scott was saying that it was black pain was solely the domain of black people. I got it that it was a particular kind of pain to that mother. That's yeah, what I except, got out of this piece. Tell me more. I think it. I think I think it follows from her point that she's mm. saying black artists get to talk about this, but not white artists. I didn't get that from the, the line. I mean, I'm reading, uh, I keep reading it. You're talking about Hannah or what? Yeah. Yeah. Discussing? In the, the, the comment. Right. So, oh, no, I no. mean, cause she's, mm-hmm. cause she's clearly critical of the Schutz piece and seems to be coming for, in defense of black. I don't think I didn't read it that way. Hmm. That's how, okay. I, that's how I heard it. Um, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I mean, well, that's well, why I'm listening. Well, let me, well let, me, let me break it down a little bit. Like I, what yeah, I, what yeah, please, I, no, no, jump in. What I seem to, what I, what I think I hear is, you can't like the pain of mothers is not transposable onto other mothers. Like that, the mother's relationship with a child is a particular relationship with a child. Just because you have a child doesn't mean you understand that mother's pain. But, and I think this is where Travis's point comes in, mm-hmm. and this is implied, I think, in what Gene Scott says. Okay. That if you are black, you understand other black people's pain. Like it is transposable. Just basis mm. on I just can based see on, what on, you mean. I right? can see what you mean. That's not how I read that it. That is it's what funny. I'm saying, yes. Because right. I yeah, was thinking that it's the idea of the way that um Schultz framed her, I'm a mother, so that I can feel what you are feeling. Mm-hmm. And assuming that, mm-hmm. that's what I was getting at because I didn't go to black immediately. I went right, to but, but yeah. And so I could see where I'm missing something or that right. it, yeah. But, but, but does this strike you as valid, Stephen? Like if, if you're going to say mother's pain and mother's pain is not transposable to other mothers, mm-hmm. why is your pain as a black man transposable to me as a black man? Like why, why does that, why, why is the, the why is race such a like super highway that all, like things can go back and forth easily, but like, but motherhood mm. is not. Now I can tell you, absolutely. No, because if we're just one thing, I have to go back to that. If we're just mm-hmm. one thing, then absolutely there's got to be some recognition of and sim- in sympathy with somebody else's pain. Because you have pain, right? Right. So I agree with that. 
I was wondering about the way she was engaging the critics. That's what I'm questioning. Mm-hmm. I'm just, that's still in well, my so, head. So let me let me try and stick with with um, ha- Hannah's position with okay. the tweak, which is that. Um, so let's say, let's say that Hannah herself and other uh, mm-hmm. black artists have also unavoidably and i would bet that you know she might be willing to cop to this have been twisted and deformed by by a white heteronormative set of institutions and that in fact while we have made while it appears we have made some progress you know we elected you know i mean there, there are lots of marquee examples to give mm-hmm. but in fact you could still decide to go running in georgia at one o'clock in the afternoon and get chased down yeah absolutely by three white people three mm-hmm. white men mm-hmm. and not face any consequences until it becomes a local embarrassment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's right like mm-hmm. like that that's still so like we still live mm-hmm. so again i'm 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 with Han, hannah's position on this that i'm not but i mean i'm i i, I i'm i'm with i'm staying with that argument like what if over the long arc you know it looks like you know the 60s the 70s like it looks like America as an idea did right. its its level best to incorporate mm. non-white men into the main. No, I'm saying like you know we did our level, you know, sort of like yeah. we did our best. We <laughs> yeah. gave them a chance. We like look, we we gave them all these rights, and look, there's still poverty, and they're still you know they're still doing all the crime, and they're still going to prison, and we still yeah, yeah we still mm-hmm. did all this stuff. <laughs> so what if that like was it? Like and we're gassed, and we're like fuck it let's elect trump and, and like we we don't we don't have anything else else in the gas tank we tried to bring um different racial groups together we tried to show mm-hmm. them how you know uh, the bounty of the american way and they just couldn't we just couldn't pull it off and what we're left with now is a slow erosion and a return to a segregated society mm-hmm. in which white people are de facto on top um it's not it's not a crazy argument. I mean, I'm not, you know, obviously, you know, I don't mean to keep calling this out, but I, I don't, I'm not on that side of the argument, but it's not nuts, right? No, it's, it's absolutely it's, not nuts. It's not a crazy, <laughs> it's not a crazy position. But it's, but it's, uh, but it's not a well-reasoned one either. And this is, a, mm. and this is the thing about our, our public conversations, our debates around power relations i.e. Mm-hmm. politics, is that we keep erring on the side, and by we I mean the body politic generally. Mm-hmm. We keep mm-hmm. erring on the side of mm-hmm. let's find somewhere between not batshit crazy and not well-reasoned, which is why we have the mediascape that we do, which is mm-hmm. why we have the kind of politicians that we do, like these bloodless zombies who mm-hmm. will get up and say things that have little to no relevance to my life, but they will do it and like thousands of cameras will, will flash mm-hmm. and people will ask the most benign, uh, 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 ridiculous questions like, but, but isn't it the case that 
or, or what the American people, what do the American people need to hear from you now, Mr. President, in a time when they're worried and they're scared <laughs> and they don't know when they, and, and they don't know whether they can go outside or they can restart their businesses. Like, what would you tell the American people now? Like, those are the kinds of questions that you're get the fake lost. news. That's what but I would exactly, tell you. Exactly. Exactly. But, but, this is, but this is my point. Like, like what we've done and what, and what giving Hannah Black this kind of pass does the same stupid shit, which mm-hmm. is you don't have to have, we give them the out of not having to have a well reasoned argument as long, because their argument is engined by rage. And we say that rage is justified. So you don't actually have to show up to the table with right. any sort of bona fide, like, well-thought-out political plan. You can just be like, burn this damn painting and get the pitchforks and axes out now, and people just sign on for that. Like, I find that horrifying. People Do you so- think – oh, I'm sorry. No, no, Stephen, please. No, just thinking about access and what I was talking about earlier about Hannah Black's thing. It's the context. It's really the frustrating context that I think – her rage can be read, not differently, but like with, yeah, I get it. Um, running in Georgia, <laughs> minding your own fucking business, and you're shot dead. Mm-hmm. And having that feed what you just described, um, Seth, that you don't have to have a well-reasoned argument. Because this thing here conf- moves that somewhere right. else. You're right. just fucking angry and frustrated. Right. Every time some black man or some black woman is shot... Right. There is, you know, the predictable anger, frustration, call, trying to call people to um, accountability. If they're called to accountability, it doesn't mean that they're actually going to be convicted. There might be some issues with the case itself. Dot, yes. dot, dot. And that's just right. a lot of motherfucking noise. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And that's all I want to say. I'll leave it there because that, um, that's where I want to leave it. Today's podcast is split into two parts, as we've done the last few times. Uh, Conversation will pick back up uh, next week, and we hope you'll join us. Thanks very much.